What's up, everybody? It's episode 42 of the Main Stand Podcast. Uh, it's the season finale, boys. Season one is going to be in the books after tonight. Uh, obviously, today I think we're going to cover a bit of the Champions League final. Maybe just some season wrap-up stuff. Obviously, concluding uh, our award show last week. It seemed to go pretty well on the socials and everything. So, just kind of a wrap-up episode here today. Um, we'll, we'll let Pat kind of kick things off of... You know, how how are you feeling, Pat, after last weekend? I feel great. I feel really good. I'm I'm okay with it. I feel bad for you guys, admittedly. It's a tough goal to concede to lose a Champions League final. But uh ultimately I got a good kick out of it. Um I think now that Mitchell's not angry about it anymore, I'm allowed to laugh at it. Oh, I'm still I'm st- I'm in like pit of despair right now. We'll get into that, but and me and Mitch are actually funny. in different moods, so it's going to be kind of interesting to see the contrast of two different Liverpool fans. I guess my only take on it at the end of the day is uh, you guys went from a quadruple to an unbelievably forgettable double, and the difference of that was between that was two games, but. You had a good season, nonetheless. I just think it's funny that the history books will remember you as the team that came so close, but ultimately didn't win either of the big ones. I, uh, I, I, I want to disagree with that to to a to a percent because I think the story of this season goes much beyond the fact that we come come out with a lackluster double, like the fight till the very end. And everything that happened on on Championship Sunday, I think it's going to be a little bit more memorable than than just that that lackluster double we ended up with. But it 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 hurts. It hurts. Um, all in all, still a successful year. The the boys just looked fucking dead. They looked the the legs were tired come the end of that match, uh, and it, it was it was evident. Yeah. Uh... So before we get into actual the actual game on Saturday, let's kick let's kick things off with a little bit about the the final in Paris and the overall settings. Uh, I, I'm pretty heated about this. Still a few days out, uh, just hearing the stories of everyone who was at the match and stuff like that. Obviously, this final was thrown on Paris three months out, two months out because of something uh, like that. Yeah, yeah, because of Ukraine. Um, it was obviously going to be in Saint Petersburg, but that got that got moved. So you have to give them a little bit of leeway, but the overall setup and logistics of that final just wasn't there. In my opinion, France and and Paris just shouldn't be able to have finals for the foreseeable future because of this. Um, Utter shambles. Obviously, the game gets pushed back. What it ended up being like thirty minutes kickoff was, yeah, if not a little more with the with the performance because we we couldn't get Liverpool fans in the game, and uh, you know. I got pretty heated because I was getting some... You guys know when you get responses on Twitter when people are trying to banter you or whatever and they, they hide them? So I, I was getting those. I, I had a couple tweets that got a few of those with, with comments, you know, saying it's always Liverpool fans, um, it's always someone else's fault, stuff like this. Uh, people couldn't get into the ground. It wasn't because of Liverpool fans. Liverpool fans arrived early, weren't causing any trouble. Um, and at the end of the day, they, they get pushed down these really thin, narrow passageways, uh, get tear gassed, 
claims of fake tickets that that weren't true and really just treated like you know the absolute scum of the earth uh and it's tough to see and, and during it you're you're just praying that there's not shades of any of the previous tragedies that we've seen with stadiums and crushes and stuff like that uh we heard that joel motip's brother uh, I believe his wife was in the crowd that got tear gassed and she was pregnant. Um, children being tear gassed, stuff like that. Really just like dangerous use of force by the French police. Um, and it's being doubled down on, like you said, Mitch, before we started here. Um, the minister of sport just coming out and saying, you know, we had to prepare for this because we, Liverpool supporters are dangerous and stuff like that. Just coming out with complete lies. It does give you shades of Hillsborough. Uh, which is just kind of disgusting being 30 years out from that. Um, uh, I think it happening to any other team, it, it's a different narrative. Yep. Um, I really do. And I and I don't mean that to be like a, a red glasses kind of guy. We're a fan base who um, the heartbeat of our, our fans is, is, is charged through what happened at Hillsborough and what's happened at other venues because we've lived it. Um, not us in particular, thank God. Uh, but it's something that we learn about, we think about, and it's an anxiety that, that you have when you're going into a situation like this. Um, it's, it's horrible. Just the, the pictures and videos of, of them closing gates in people's faces, um, resorting to, to, to pepper, spank, pepper spraying people um, one video in particular I saw, it was a father and his son, five, ten-year-old son, um, standing at the gate, fr first in line, French officer just pepper sprays him. Weren't doing anything. It, it's, it's really confusing. It really makes you think about what actually happened. Um, and, you know, I, I feel for, like, Thierry Henry and, and, and Jamie Carragher when they were sitting pregame having – they had no idea what was going on. All speculation throughout the broadcast, all speculation on social media. And then when people start finally getting interviewed, you see these these crazy allegations that are wildly untrue. You, you think somebody who spent thousands and thousands of dollars on tickets, room and board, travel, are going to, to, to come to a foreign place, show up to the venue late, for one of the biggest sporting events in the world come on get a better yeah. excuse yeah you're right get a better you excuse. saw little kids too so you know I, I saw a video of a little kid screaming he never wanted to go to the football match again which is that's pretty sad and devastating in its own right um and you know after the match too it happened where you know local or locals were robbing jumping mugging fans no police protect protection on, on the train stops or stops kind of going out of the stadium uh just an all-around kind of shambles and liverpool's asking for people to submit you know their stories their videos their proof of what happened because they basically need to build a case kind of here uh, against the french officials and police to you know get apologies uh maybe reparations of some kind there needs to be something that's done because it's just inexcusable to, to make lies like that in the public especially to a crowd or group of people that have been uh, trying to think of the right word, not taken advantage of, but, you know, had lies spread about them before in, in the media 
um, obviously with Hillsboro and, and stuff like that as well. So uh, it, it was pretty. You good. know, uh, like I just kind of to lighten the mood. Like I know we say we're not a logistics company, but the three of us could have put our heads together and done a far better job yeah. of putting together a safe environment for all of the supporters showing up like the way they handled this from start to finish has been piss poor and it's only the beginning it really is only the beginning with with liverpool putting that statement out that we want your we want your videos you we want the receipts we want to know what's going on um i think that's huge for the club to step up and say hey we're supporting our supporters here it's our turn to support you um because this is wrong yeah, it, it and the only wrong. other thing I have on this is there is a tribalism about football, but if you're a Chelsea, Man United, Arsenal, whatever fan you are, and you're coming at Liverpool fans saying it's our fault, you're, you're fighting on the wrong side of that battle because it's really, you got to, if you're a fan of an opposing team, you have to stick with your fan. It's fans versus UEFA here, not fans versus fans. You don't need to be battling each other. Any fan of any club should be able to go abroad, do a big final, and have a safe experience with their family, whoever they're with. Um, so that needs to get knocked out completely. That that really made me upset to see some rival fans get getting on Liverpool like it was our fault when it wasn't. And you touched on this, Mitch. Obviously, we weren't around for Hillsborough, and we, we're not scousers, but we know the club enough, know the people enough to, to know how important and also how um, dangerous these statements can be, you know, when you're talking about a club like Liverpool. Absolutely. Um, the game itself, obviously, 1-0 to Real Madrid. It's kind of we, – we expected them to play that way. They were never going to be the ones that got out on the front foot and attacked us. Played the better game, had more shots. Courtois was impeccable. Nine um, saves. Yeah. They, they picked Nine us out. And they, they converted their chance. So, at the end of the day, we can't really say we were the better team. Finals come down to fine margins, and th they took their chance, and, and we didn't. Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately for my health, my mental health. I was worried about Trent going into that game with Vinicius on his side. I thought he did really, really well all night. Him and Ibu, um, yep. And Trent kind of people are claiming you know he didn't look over his shoulder or whatever. You, you brought up a good point, Mitch, that he couldn't really see across the line. Yeah, if you if you're looking at that the 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 one angle they showed that of the camera on the on the sideline, um, kind of behind the play. You can see where Fabinho and and uh, Virgil are. That ball gets tipped off of Fabinho's foot, cuts through traffic. He saw it late. Like at the end of the day, anybody saying that anybody else could have saved that, like you stand in his position at that moment in time. There's nothing he could have done about it. No. It was a good goal. Like they got the ball in. It is what it is. Um, I'm more impressed with the fact that. He did a wonderful job marking Vinicius on every other trip up the field. Uh, had a couple of great def uh, defensive tackles right on the, the edge of the 18. Ibu looked phenomenal, dispossessed Benzema a handful of times right up the top of the 18. Um, I, 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 if I had to point to a weak link, I think it was probably Tiago. Um, kind of crunch time injury trying to get him on 
Nabby, obviously, in the conversation for, for getting in the starting lineup, running up until uh, to kick off. But Tiago looked looked tired. He looked hurt. The passes weren't as crisp. The dribbling wasn't as crisp. Real Madrid did a good job of absorbing the pressure that we, we applied. We had some really, really good shots that got on, on target. But Thibaut Courtois showed up. He uh, he was was absolutely every bit deserving of that player of the match. Mo Salah uh, had a really good game too, in my opinion. Yeah, he actually Mo, Mo did phenomenally. Yeah, because uh, I mean, I feel like after the, the the first time we matched up against Chelsea, and everybody saw kind of how Rudiger uh, hugged him all game. That's that was the normal. We we saw this week in and week out. Mo Salah was, had somebody within a foot of him all game. Um, did a really good job of, of creating space, making those chances, and taking the shots he did. Just unfortunate that that you know a centimeter centimeter off, and that ball goes in off the post, uh, off of the the Cortas save. Like there's just there's just so many things that didn't happen. That, yeah, Mane had that close chance, and uh, then Salah had that one where he kind of slashed it across goal, and Courtois made that unreal save. So, I thought yeah. Louis Diaz, if anyone, was probably the weak link for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that he had a bad game. Carvajal was just really, really good defensively. So Carvajal had a great game too. Yeah, it, it's tough. It, it's tough because it's Real Madrid again, and you feel like you improved so much, and you know they went out with the same starting lineup, and not the same, but relatively. Um, you know, and beat us, and at the end of the day, just you're you're gutted because, like uh, Pat was kind of saying before, we end the season with two trophies instead of three or four, and uh, that does hurt a little bit. It's a fact of getting there, getting to the Champions League final, such a long process. So to like have to reset and be like, okay, we got to go again next year. It's something you have to sit for for a couple days and really kind of process. Hmm, I've been doing a lot of processing over the last couple of days, Josh. Yeah. My only um my only two cents on the game is uh I told you so. And I did not I'll ask you guys first. What did you think of Klopp's comments at the end of the game saying that when the goalkeeper's man of the match there's something wrong? Well, Allison was man of the match, yeah, in our Champions League final win. So it's kind of So I, I thought that was a little uncalled for from the guy. I mean, I get it. I mean, it, I just, I don't know. That left a bitter taste in my mouth. It was, it's like the, it clops a real smiley, happy go lucky guy. But the minute one little thing goes against him, he's kind of a dickhead. And that, that showed in the, in the UCL final. So I didn't, I wasn't overly impressed with that. I expected him to be a bit more gracious in defeat having gotten that far and, and done that much, but one thing we know about Klopp is he's emotional. And I think after that, I think he was going to say something probably similar no matter how that game played out as long as Liverpool were going to lose. Uh, and it just happened to be about the goalkeeper. Um, I think he probably yeah, wouldn't have said it if given a little bit more time. Yeah, it's fair, I guess. I just, I don't know. I, I didn't uh, love yeah, it. I, I, I also, I didn't, I mean, I didn't love the way Real Madrid played either. I didn't watch the game in real time. I just went back and watched the extended highlights and like a like kind of felt what felt like an abbreviated replay i skipped through parts of it when i got bored um but it looked like madrid did what what they'd been doing the uh the whole the whole champions league run that they made um 
it's just their tournament, unfortunately. And uh, it, it just felt it just felt like they were going to win it no matter what. Um, and you guys just had to be on the, the receiving end of it instead of someone else. Yeah. Before we get into kind of maybe next season or predictions, takeaways, whatever, I, I do want to hear your take on this pack. Me and Mitch had a little bit different opinions on this, and I'll give my take first. Uh, waking up on Sunday – I, I didn't really know. I just went to sleep on Saturday pretty much for the rest of the day. Thought Sunday was going to be brutal, just being on social media and stuff. I tried to stay off it for most of Saturday night. Um, the parade stuff really, really uplifted me. Made me give – gave me that little, like, burning sensation inside of, like, going again. Like, we belong to this club that's great, so special, everything like that. Mitch had an opposite kind of reaction. Yeah, it um... – you know, I know. Last week, I said let them let them celebrate, let us let our fans have it because we all in all still had a successful year. Like it's not like we missed out on the Champions League by like this crazy insurmountable task. Like we didn't miss out on the Premier League by really any fault of our own. It just didn't fall our way at the end of the season. Like City got went out and got the result. Like. I feel like I'm kind of eating that now because the, with the timeline of just like the sour taste pregame, then losing the game. And then afterwards, uh, Mane is now leaving. And then it's like, okay, so we come away with two trophies instead of four. Uh, we're losing one of our, our, our kind of cornerstone teammates um it just hurts it, it really hurts it puts me in a in a place where i i uh i don't want to celebrate i like i just want to like cry with a tub of ice cream and watch Mane's goal highlights from his time at time at liverpool like i just want to just just want to crawl into a hole pat I, I i'm very excited to get your take on it and try to be as unbiased as you can here do you think it was cool that Liverpool fans could get 500,000 people the day after a final loss together and celebrate like that? Or did you find it corny at all? Like, I know a lot of rival fans did, so. I mean, I'm kind of on, like, I'm, like, right in the middle of the fence. Um, I recognize that the parade wasn't just for the men's team, as you pointed out yeah. in our last episode. So, it's cool that the women's team who won like a major trophy got like a huge reception like that. Um, so in that sense, I think it's cool. And I think Liverpool have an extremely passionate fan base. You guys could have paraded the fucking Carabao cup. And I think a lot of people would still have turned up for that. I think that's just how Liverpool fans are. Yeah. Um, I guess that being said, I think it's like a, I do think it's like a little, corny just because you didn't really win anything that like turned heads this season i mean, I mean the fa cup does kind of turn heads a little bit because it I, completes klopp's cabinet it, it completes Trump's I mean, cabinet like sure it's like not a bad trophy to win I'm no it's not but it's not discrediting like that final but you don't normally see no, a parade for the FA Cup or a parade for the Carabao. You see a parade for those two trophies when you've also won like a Champions League or a, a, a Premier League title or a league title. Those aren't like 
regularly celebrated as big accomplishments like that so that's where i'm a little like funny about it i mean i I don't really care what you do or don't choose to celebrate city won the premier league i'm i like really just don't give a shit about any other club at this point i stopped caring the minute the aston villa the final whistle blew in that villa game oh i imagine don't care what happened to the remainder of the season so uh, i think it's like fine harris was the dj i'll throw that in that's i mean that that is really cool i think the celebration was cool i think it's impressive you got all those people to come out and celebrate that but like uh it's really tough for me to care about it that's fair that that is fair um so that kind of that wraps up the you know the end of season results do you guys want to give each go around and give our club a grade for the end of the season maybe or i don't know how you want to do that yeah happily we can we can do that just talk about how we think we did you guys we can give some conflicting opinions if you feel one city did bad or if i like i don't think liverpool did that well etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. and then um we can tell the people what's next yeah uh you guys just spent a bunch of time talking about liverpool so i'll talk about city for a little bit i think um context of the season kind of as a whole i'll give city like a b plus i didn't really care too much about the carabao because we had won it four years in a row so i was like oh we lost finally whatever um the fa cup i was i wasn't upset about missing out on the fa cup but like in that run of fixtures where it was liverpool in the league atletico madrid in the champions league or it was Atletico Madrid in the Champions League, Liverpool in the league, Atletico Madrid in the Champions League, and then FA, uh, FA, FA Cup FA semi against Liverpool. I was like, if we're gonna if if we're gonna lose any of those games, I would rather be the FA Cup semifinal. And even then, like, you guys squeaked by a team with seven players who aren't regular starters, and and Zach Steffen, if he didn't gift you guys a goal, that's a completely different game. So like, ultimately, I wasn't too bothered by that at the end of 90 minutes uh, you know i think if we like had fit center backs and then we weren't in such a weird period and you know if we played anybody that wasn't atletico madrid that might have been a different game you know we had like four senior players get murdered essentially in that game so i just have a, i just had a really thought-provoking question real quick um sure and how, i'll now i'll finish how how crazy different does the end of the season go if Zach Steffen say or doesn't give away that goal, but um, Ederson gives away his the week before. Oh, it's a wow! That's a good question. Do we fight? Do we score a third that game? If you guys go up, is the question. I guess. Do we? Like, what like does anything game, change? Like that one week where one goalie almost gifted a goal and didn't, and then the following week a goalie does. I feel like that just flipped. Oh like, yeah, that there's definitely it, some alternate universe where where that fucking happened. Yeah, really that's crazy to think about. Uh that is nuts. I think it changes a lot personally. <laughs> uh but I mean yeah, the, the two trophies city two of the three trophies city didn't win, I was pretty bummed or I wasn't super bummed yeah. about. The way we lost the Champions League hurt a lot. And I think that's what really kind of like takes away from, you know, 
me giving City like an A like an A plus season because I think they were great in the league. I think to be on top as long as they were with a team like Liverpool chasing them the whole year. I mean, we've seen teams slip up. I've I've seen City make these teams slip up just with how relentless they they are in their pursuits for a couple of our titles. So yeah. I, I I think to win the title in the way that City did against the opposition that they did, you know with the personnel that they had with a a relatively small senior squad still doing the whole like false nine bullshit and somehow managing to still score more goals than any team in Europe this year. um, I think it's an accomplishment in and of itself. I think a, a lot of this season shows, you know, life after Guardiola is not gonna be super chill when he leaves, I don't really know if there's a manager who's going to come in and and do what he's done these last five years for us. And I think this year in particular really showed us like how how blessed or how yeah how blessed City is to to have a, a coach of his caliber at the helm. Similar to how you guys probably feel about Klopp, you know, getting you two games away from a quadruple. Guardiola just the things he did with the squad that he has this season, I think were like really, really impressive. Um, and the, yeah, the champions league hurt, but we, we won the league in a pretty good fashion. Um, so yeah, B plus I'm ready to turn the premier league into the Bundesliga next year. <laughs> Mitch, do you want to go first? Yeah. Um, so my end of season grade, I'd probably say we're chilling at an A minus, oh, an A minus. I was gonna give that uh, Like it's it's hard to give anything above that with with what we finished with, in my opinion. Um, but to be where we were with what we had, the signings we made, kind of the story of the season, and fighting back from from mid-season obviously with games in hand i don't want to offend patrick um but um no just take taking the chances that we needed to when we needed to and and getting in the positions that we we were in and having one of the greatest seasons in terms of just games played and and success overall success like being two games away from a quadruple it's fucking insane. Like, it's draining. It's a lot. Yeah, I was going to give an A- minus as well, Mitch. Uh, played 63 games this year and lost four. That is pretty crazy. I'm trying to think in my head if we lost on any by... More than a goal. to Leicester by more than a goal? Was it 2-0 or... Uh, let me fact check. I know West Ham was one. Uh, Milan was one. And Milan was... We went through that day, so I don't even really count that as a loss. West Ham, Leicester. Who the fuck else did we it, lose to? Uh, it was 1-0 to Leicester. Okay, so West Ham was 3-2. Oh, and Real Madrid, duh. Um, but yeah, uh. we scored the most goals in our club's history uh, this year. And again, like Mitch said, you're there on the last day. You played every single game possible. Can't really ask much more of Klopp. Uh, ball just didn't fall our way 
in, in those two kind of finals, as you could call them. So, A-, minus. I think with the parade and stuff, I think we will go again next year fully. It'll be a little bit harder as City is kind of already bumping up with Alvarez and Holland. Uh, we've got to do some business in the summer. Julian Ward's first <laughs> summer as sporting director for Liverpool. Uh, yeah, we have our backs against the wall, but I think that's ultimately when Liverpool is their best. So, we'll see. Big I'm in danger vibes uh, from this Liverpool fan. I... Well, I'll, I'll put I'll put it on wax, I guess. I'll put it on wax. I, uh, in, in talking with Pat and and my my usual gut reaction right at the end of the season moments where I'm really heated and really kind of like just trying to release the pain. I told him that next season Liverpool will be fighting for fourth. That is my hot take. That's a I'm very putting hot it on take. wax. That's a very hot take. That is a very hot take. Why, why fourth? Because I understand if you said City can run away with it. Who do you think is improving that much? That I don't know. Uh, outside of City, I don't know who's improving that much. That's for the transfer window to see. I think we are losing a lot this this off season. Uh, and I don't know if we have enough to reel it back in. Personally, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe the Jurgen two-year extension was to get fresh young signings playing under the system before it gets handed over to Pep. But with Mane leaving, the potential of Mo leaving... The potential of Taki leaving. We have a Rigi leaving. That's four of our, our Mo's six. Mo's not leaving, though. That's four of our... Sorry, seven. That's four of our seven forwards. If, if Mo left, it would be next summer. I'm just saying. There is a lot riding on this offseason. And if we do it wrong, which I don't have a lot of faith in Mr. Henry... I think we're fighting for fourth. I don't know. Conte is a short-term manager most of the time. I think it was a pretty big accomplishment for him to get Spurs back in the Champions League. I don't see them competing well on both fronts or really investing that much more than they already have. I do think Perisic is a really good signing. Um, Man United aren't going up. Arsenal, not scared of. Chelsea. So... Even that's three teams. I, I just have a hard time seeing us compete for top four. Um, but I'm, I'm the well, I'm always the optimist one. You're always the one that yes, kind of takes. I'm the I'm the negative Nelly, and I know that. But I I will say I have not been wrong in five years. <laughs> the Schwam. I'm the City fan, and I'm saying that City are fucking three beating already. Congrats on the sex. Has that happened before? Uh, United did it, yeah. I think, once or twice under Ferguson. It's exhausting, man. You literally feel drained at the end of the season. Literally feel I don't drained. know what to do with my hands. 
You boys watching any Nations League this weekend? Uh, no, I'm taking I'm the taking Kevin De Bruyne approach because I think the Nations League is a joke. Yeah, I am taking a break. It, it is a round of friendlies, basically. Um, we do have the MLS this summer. That, that'll be fun to kind of keep up with. Um, You'll, the, the fans will get MLS updates on the gram when we're all going to Revolution Games once yeah. you're back in Maine. Which, if, for those listening, uh, the boy will be back in Maine this week, so. Huge. Uh, live shows next next year. <laughs> live from the zoo. Yup, yup. This is probably a good time to, to just, you know, closing remarks to chat about uh, what's coming down the pipeline. Yeah. So, as everybody just heard, Josh is coming back to Maine. Um, episode one, at least, of season two. You're going to be live in person. We're going to take a, a month off. So this will be the last episode until about, you know, the beginning middle slash middle of July. Mm-hmm. Um, going to plan season two. We're going to get some interviews. Um, and uh, the goal is do a live show for you guys at the, the start of season two in July. Try to do a full, you know, season preview, chat about transfers, get a, get a bunch of the lads on and, Really, really kick off season two. Who Holland's first competitive game is going to be against Liverpool? You guys are. Do you think he plays? Do you think Holland plays in the Community Shield game? Absolutely, he does. Guarantee it. You heard it here first, folks. He has said before that Van Dyke is the hardest defender he's ever gone up against. And he's going to have to do it twice in the in the league next year. All I'm hearing is Holland is dunking on Van Dyke twice next year. T- Takumi is used to be teammates with Holland. Okay, he knows all of his tricks. Put Takumi back in defense. Uh, favorite. <laughs> please, please <laughs> let Takumi Minamino mark Holland. Too, be- too bad he'll be the front man at Leeds next year. I- I'd like Taki to stay. I, lo- I love Taki, but nah, he's going to Leeds, bro. <sighs> Uh, they just signed uh, an American from Aronson? Leipzig. Yeah, Aronson. They just signed Aronson from Salzburg, not Leipzig, for a lot of money, like $30 million. I hope we sign Pulisic. <laughs> I don't. You guys like his comments the other day? Uh, or yesterday, I should say. You guys, you guys like him saying he didn't feel there were enough Americans in Cincinnati? Yeah, tune him up. Tune him up, Christian. Yeah, I don't. It's not. I don't think it's a. Fan, it's not the fans' problem, man. I, I mean, I get where he's coming from, but like, I, we talk about the the, the USF putting two hundred dollar tickets and a middle of June friendly, and only playing in five stadiums year round. What do you expect the average American soccer fan to do? They've played an outrageous not amount of games no. in Ohio recently, which I will agree with you there. Ticket prices, though. Uh, if England pri- ticket prices are two hundred bucks, I think Wembley still sells out. That's a different culture, man. And I don't even—I don't think England tickets are that expensive. That's kind of the point. I, I don't is, either, but it's like outrageously expensive to be a England, U.S. soccer fan. England is also a much smaller country with a much more advanced public transit system that allows people to get around. Like That's true. I, I'm not getting in my fucking car. Hey, let's go to the game. Time to drive to Ohio for a, a football match where I'm going to see I'm gonna see the U-16s play in this friendly because Kristen Pulisic 
is not wanting to come to Ohio. You can't pay me enough money to drive to Ohio on a side note. I will never, ever go to Ohio. Fun fact, Ohio, the heartbeat of American soccer. <clears throat> they played like three games there because they had one. I think they already played in Cincinnati and they had one in Columbus. But <sighs> Crazy. Like, I don't know how I'm ever going to see a game without breaking like I have to sell my computer I gotta sell a kidney something because they're not coming anywhere near New England to play a game no soccer stadiums up there man have the have the women played at Gillette though I think the women played at Gillette I might be wrong I think they have have they either way you need a soccer stadium it's really expensive to be yeah we do we need a good good soccer stadium um main stand yeah. field yeah yeah i think that wraps it up boys i would say so abbreviated kind of kind of thought bl- blurb episode 42 slash 43 yeah. episode season crazy we've been here through it all i'm excited ups, we got some fun stuff the downs, I think. I think lots of some- ups Lots right. of ups, yeah, lots of ups, lots of downs. A lot of banter, a lot of banter was had over these last couple episodes. Um, we got some fun ideas in store for next year, though. Got some interviews, got some content ideas. We'll be uh, back again and better than ever. Back again! Next season, next season will be dope. Next season will be dope. Season two, the return of the stand. Yes. Maybe we need We're to look gonna into be... some merch. We'll, we'll figure some stuff out, Josh. Don't give, make... all the, don't give all the ideas away. We, we'll haven't even wrapped the, we haven't even wrapped the episode yet. We should just yet. buy like 5,000 koozies. <laughs> 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 just hand them, okay. out, hand them out at night at the old port. Don't, okay. don't make the I rounds. Got, <laughs> I got to say it because Josh is just going to keep going. Guys, thank you so much for sticking with <laughs> us through this season, our first season of the main stand podcast gear up we're going to be taking a little break we'll see you guys mid to end of summer with some more guests yeah, some, more content in and a uh another season we go again next summer Later. deuces peace